I have to, you know, one thing which is pissing me off, the word guys. So I have to always think how to eliminate it from my uh, vocabulary. Because so we're really we... lucky in the South, man. We say y'all. Oh, yeah. I, I can't do that. You need some accent for that, you know. Oh, um, try, try y'all. Try, try saying y'all real quick. No, 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 no. no. You, you don't want to say y'all? I'll do my thing. No worries. <laughs> Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hey coffee people, welcome to Coffee Is Me podcast. I'm your host Valerian Rala and today I have a very special guest. I always have special guests, I know, but today it's really, really special treat. It's my buddy, Steven Izel from Sex Venetial Coffee. Did I did I get it right? <laughs> no, 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 Valerian. That's sequential coffee. Oh, oh okay. So <laughs> from sequential <laughs> coffee. How are you, man? What's up? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you, man? It's uh it's nice and warm here in Florida. It's uh, it's weird. It's kind of end of the world here because, you know, with Corona, then we have all the fires. So the fires collected is giant smoke, which is above us. And it's super weird because, you know, we used to have fog. Now we have smoke and you breathe it, you live with it. We had one day when it was dark until basically throughout the whole day because it's covered the skies. Dude, that's super, super weird times here. So It's crazy. No, I, I saw a video online recently. That somebody did some drone footage in San Francisco during this orange phase through the fires. And they uh, linked it up with the music from Blade Runner. And it just <laughs> went perfectly. It was like an end of the world uh, stuff going on out there. Good thing everybody's already wearing masks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's kind of surreal because uh, I see now tutorials how to make an image with a orange light you know because if you have a if you make just a picture it does not show really well because everybody has uh, auto white balance so mm-hmm. in, in a cameras or your phone the auto white balance will kind of eliminate that oranginess and people are annoyed that I cannot make that oranginess you know so there are tutorials now how to make you know the orange light appear in your photos that's weird you know that's that's wild. That's wild. I mean, I could, I could probably put one of my uh, images that I take a picture outside here in Jacksonville through sepia tone, and then almost be what you guys are out when we just go outside. You know? hey, but you cannot tag it, hashtag it. Then no filter. You know. We yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you got to be legit. <laughs> exactly, you got to be legit. Oh God, it's a humor in a sad, sad times. Yeah, I know black humor, like a dark humor. It's it's very important because if you can't laugh at it, then we're just going to cry the whole time. You know, and right. that's that's no fun. Right, right. You're right. Anyhow, we have very hard work today. You know, all these people are here waiting for us to start to talk about your business and not yeah. about the weather in California. Yeah, uh, true. True. So, you know, before we start, I always have this kind of like a warm-up question uh, mm-hmm. about your first sip of coffee. Do you remember it? Mm. Well, I was thinking about that really hard, and I don't remember my first sip of coffee. I remember um, my first sip of uh, specialty coffee, though. I absolutely remember that. 
But uh, uh, I, my relationship with coffee goes back to when I was a kid. Um, I tried to emulate my dad by drinking it, and I never really cared for it, so I would just pretend. Um, but then uh, when I was a little older, I worked at Starbucks, and I had a, a tasting. I remember on one of my first days that we were there, and they gave us dimmy toss cups, and um, uh, all of them tasted like a, a ashtray to me. <laughs> and they were saying, Let, try out all the different varieties from different countries. And I was like, I can't. I cannot tell the difference between these. And then um, uh, it was until I uh, went out to California and uh, I met Willem Boot um, and he gave me a cup of uh, Panama Geisha as my first cup of specialty coffee ever. Um, so I'm a little bit uh, spoiled, if you will. Oh, boy. That's yeah. that's hard if your first cup of coffee is uh, Panamanian Geisha. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so now you reveal the secret that we were colleagues before. I should have yeah. warned people about that. Anyways, so we are buddies, <laughs> and as I mentioned, and we also work together in uh, at Boot Coffee, uh, doing yeah. different things. And you were a trainer there, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, um, I, I started out uh, learning everything that uh, was going on at the lab, and then uh, Willem started inserting me into the classes, like, uh, doing a little bit here, a little bit there when it came to roasting training. And then, uh, eventually I, uh, was, uh, teaching, uh, half the class and Jody and Marley would teach the other half and then Willem would pop in and, and, uh, give his brilliance. And then, uh, we would just have a lot of fun. It was very cool. Those are the lovely Jody Wieser. Uh, -huh. uh she's a Q instructor. And Marley Benefield. And I think they do it together still. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have another we, we miss you guys. We miss you yeah, guys. Yeah, we miss you totally. Like, uh, those were the days. Those were a lot of fun. I, I agree. I agree. So how about, uh, what did you do after? You left uh, after, us. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I, uh, after Boot, um, I started working with someone we both know, uh, Mokhtar Al-Kenshali. Um, uh, Who's that? Mukhtar Al-Kenshali. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you, 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 I don't know if you know anything about him, but he, he's a Yemeni guy um, who did some really amazing things. <laughs> yeah, so but, just uh, yeah. just very briefly tell who Mukhtar is so you know, not, not yeah. everybody knows him. Of course, of course. So Mukhtar um, uh, was a client over at Boot Coffee, and, uh, and he had this project where he wanted to go find the uh, best coffee in Yemen. And uh, so he did. Uh, he went over there, and it wasn't easy for him. And uh, um, I don't want to give away the whole story, but um, there's a book about it called The Monk of Mocha, if you want to read about uh, Mukhtar and, uh, and his journey. And he uh, did some amazing things over in Yemen. He's still doing amazing things, and he's plugging away, selling some beautiful coffees. Um, uh, so he's, he's probably the most knowledgeable uh, person in the world about Yemeni coffee, uh, uh, at, at least that I know. And uh, and uh, so we worked together on that project for a little while. And then um, uh, once I was done there, I uh, moved out to Nevada and I worked at San Franciscan uh, Coffee Roaster, um, building coffee roasting machines and training people um, on those machines. And then I uh, moved back to Florida. Um, and uh, since, since then, uh, we've started our own company out here. You have all this knowledge, you know. Uh, from the industry, you know, many people, you were training many people and yet mm. you were crazy enough to start a coffee company. Why? Yeah. So tell me well, the story of sequential coffee. <laughs> so how, how did that happen? Um, well, I, I started doing some consulting out in California, um, uh, based on 
what I learned from Willem. And, uh, and I started a little company called Sooty Turn Coffee, uh, S-O-O-T-Y, Turn, T-E-R-N. And um, uh, that wasn't a really cool name. Um, and, uh, and so I wanted to continue doing consulting, and I got a client in Nevada. Um, uh, they're uh, Retro Rocket Coffee. They're amazing. Um, uh, they're doing really good work. And, uh, and I changed the name to Sequential Coffee, the reason being um, is, uh, I, I used to be a manager at a comic book store and, uh, one of my favorite graphic novels that I ever read was, uh, about sequential art, which is comic books. Um, and sequential art basically is taking images, uh, little, little, uh, views into a story and then making a story out of, out of, uh, a small amount. Uh, so you can have like three frames and you could tell a whole story, and somebody gets a feeling of everything. Uh, what I wanted to do is people take three si sips of coffee, and they uh, they know the whole story of what's going on with that origin. They uh, um, uh, get a background on the website, all of that stuff. And uh, so, so uh, really, uh, sequential uh, consulting uh, evolved into sequential coffee, uh, just based on. Um, uh, comic books based on my uh, passion for that and my passion for coffee. Uh, one of the first things that I wanted to do, and it's still on the docket, is create a uh, graphic novel for for coffee producers um, in which it doesn't have any words in it. Um, so uh, it can transcend all language barriers uh, by using imagery so that uh, farm producers can uh, improve their uh, their work, improve their health. Uh, and think of that, uh, things of that sort. So um, that's that's one project we want to get into. And uh, so we leaned in a little bit heavy on the uh, on the comic book imagery, like uh, our little tags um, here on our bags, uh, kind of allude to uh, the tag that has the number of the uh, comic book on it, and it's got uh, you know what superhero the comic book is about on it. Um, instead, we have uh, we have words there uh, saying. Columbia um, uh, and uh, and taste descriptors, you know, uh, things of that sort. So it's fun uh, to use the uh, imagery from comic books, uh, which people relate to. Uh, so I I had this idea to to do a coffee company, and I was talking to a friend of mine who's um, a lot better at a lot of things than I am. He's a producer. He's a director. He's uh, been a friend of mine for for many many years, almost twenty years. We we went out to lunch and he said, "Tell me about this coffee thing." And uh, before I know it, it's um, about a year and a half later, and we have a cafe and uh, we're doing wholesale. We're up in Grand Rapids, Michigan now, like uh, selling at uh, grocery stores. We have uh, lots of accounts. We're working with a bunch of people and uh, having a blast. And uh, really, it's about uh, building things sequentially. We want to uh, we want to start small. We want to get really good at what we're doing. We want to uh, expand, you know, and and, and uh, eventually have a really good story to tell. It's beautiful, man, how you said it. But I really want to drill into your brain. I don't let you go. This is a nice elevator pitch. I really want to know in you as person, what mm -hmm. the heck were you thinking when you decided to start another coffee company in a world where everybody is starting coffee companies? Well, I, I figured I had something to say, um, mm -hmm. and I had been uh, helping people uh, start their own coffee companies, um, and so I kind of knew the ins and outs of that. Which, like like you're saying, I totally get what you mean. It is crazy, like uh, it's 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 a, a crazy business to get into, but it's my passion. It's what I'm good at. Um, I feel like I have something to say with the coffee. I feel like I can uh, 
use this as a platform for some good. And um, I figured if I didn't do it, then I'd regret it. You know, like, so, you, uh, so you were not expecting to become a multimillionaire? Uh, oh, multimillionaire! Yeah, jeez, please. <laughs> that um, no, that that comes when uh, we make enough money with the coffee company to where we can get into marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, I was I was waiting. Like, it's going to happen. Said, no, it's not going to happen. Very, but yeah, <laughs> I think that most of the people do this coffee for passion, for love, and hope yeah. to make good living. I mean, that's yeah. important, good living. But yeah. it's not this. You know, if you want to de- become a multimillionaire, then I guess the stock market or banking or other. Sure, sure. Uh, you take some of the profits that you make or, off the coffee and you of- invest. Yeah, all, all kind of fake universities. That will work better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, what we want to do is uh, we, we want to uh, fill a lot of gaps in the area. I saw in uh, North Florida that um, there were some people doing some really good things with specialty coffee. And uh, there were also some people that could use some help uh, from somebody who's been a trainer and things of that sort. So we're not just a roaster. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what we really want to do here is uh, uh, be a, a big part of this community that was, that's already been established um, in in Jacksonville and all over Florida in the southeast, uh, on the east coast. Um, uh, there's there's a ton of people doing this, and um, if we can raise the bar just a little bit with quality, then uh, then all boats rise with the tide. You know. So uh, uh, what's what's fun to me is uh, to work with other people that work in coffee here in the area. And uh, to do cuppings and things of that sort that uh, that normally doesn't happen around here, and uh, and it's it's just a lot of fun to bring that experience uh, to the area and to share that with uh, with my colleagues. Cool, you know. Let's let's go to a little bit to a practical uh, part of the podcast. When you know, we we try to kind of help and guide people who are either deciding or starting uh, coffee companies. Um, do you remember your few steps? which you had to do uh, when you started uh, Sequential. You, when did you start Sequential, by the way? Uh, we've been um, producing uh, coffee. We've been roasting coffee since uh, December of last year. But okay. prior to that, we, we had been building uh, everything to get to that point. Yeah, so you have uh, it fresh in your memory, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, pre- it's pretty fresh. Uh, John Shepard and I have been plugging away on this for... Uh, for months and on end, and it really all kind of started when we came out for some consulting with with Willem, with Willem Boot, um, uh, to talk about you know how can we get an angle on this, um, and uh, we figured it's pretty hot in Florida, so we can uh, focus on cold drinks, and we're having a blast with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you remember your first steps? What you know, you think that other companies will have to go through the same steps? The very first step is to. Uh, talk to other local coffee people. That's exactly what I did. Um, I started meeting people in the area that had resources, um, such as roasters and a lab and things of that sort, so that I would uh, I would be able to function um, w- within uh, the starting area. Because it's unless you have uh, uh, some good investment, having your own roasting lab is pretty expensive. And uh, so getting in with uh, people that are that are in the area it was the best move that I could have made. I met um, uh, a guy named J.P. Salvat. Uh, he's uh, in a really killer band called LPT. He's a salsa musician, and uh, he has a roastery. And uh, I was I was sitting at his restaurant, uh, eating some biscuits and gravy, and I commented to the um, uh, to the barista that the coffee was really good, and I, I was I was very interested in where I was from, who roasted it, all of that. She said, "Well, you're sitting right next to him." So I 
I turn and I, I start talking to JP and um, uh, I'm like, well, what do you do? You know, he was like, he was like, uh, well, I'm roasting coffee at, uh, right up the street. And this is like literally three minutes away from my house. Um, and so we had a great conversation about uh, San Franciscan. He's roasting on one of those and um, uh, where he started, uh, like what he's trying to do and uh, came up with a way to work together. And so I've been uh, roasting at his lab for the past months, and that's been really wonderful. Um, and so if you're able to get in with other people in the community, then you're going to have an um, uh, ability to uh, uh, roast right off the bat. Uh, if you can toll roast with anyone, that, that's really helpful. And then uh, uh, also that's going to get you in uh, to where you can – have a really good relationship over a long period of time where you can share your assets, they can share theirs and, uh, and uh, get that community going because community to me and coffee is far superior to competition. Mm-hmm. You need competition, but, um, but you also need a really good attitude about the people that are around you doing the things that you're doing also, you know, you know, I kind of agree with you, but <clears throat> to, uh, first of all, I think that you guys, finding somebody else who has a roaster and they will let you roast on it is super smart. Basically mm-hmm. what you do, you lower your risk, right? So, yeah. you know, investing in a coffee company, it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, having yes. your, your own roaster lab and everything, uh, and then you might end up not, you know, uh, doing it because you just cannot score clients and, you know, it's, all that thing is just, you know, waste. So getting in on somebody else is really good. I mean, with Unleash Coffee, we're using here the co-roasting facility, mm-hmm. which you know we rent by hour, so it's really cool. But you know, the community, like one thing which happens to me, and it's super funny, is you know I have the Slovak company called Green Plantation, mm-hmm. and we are kind of known in Slovakia that who we are. Uh, and I used to do all these YouTube videos, so people know me as the coffee guy. Mm-hmm. And I get many times questions that, hey, I want to start a coffee company. How, how, show me how to roast. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not going to show you how to roast. You know, it's like, <laughs> learn it. I mean, I had to go through the hoops, you know. There yeah, are schools, yeah. there are training centers, you know, there's resources, you know, there's coffee pro program, you know. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, you, you, and, you know, they, they kind of get annoyed that I'm not uh, sharing my wisdom and sure. I'm like, I think I do share my wisdom. I'm super generous with my wisdom. But Absolutely. there are some things which you have to go through it. So it's also important how we approach the uh, the uh, the community, right? Yeah. So I don't you think... don't want somebody to use you or, or, or step on your back, you know. Exactly. But, but the thing is, uh, um, I, I'm kind of addicted to teaching. I, it's just one of my passions, and I love it so much. And I kind of figure... That if uh, even even if somebody's being an a hole about it and they're trying to learn so that they can compete with me and take my customers, um, what I'm doing in this community, like uh, it, it works because um, all that's going to do is it's going to raise the quality of coffee in the area. And when that happens, then I have the opportunity to take the next leap towards higher quality coffee, right? Like I mean, we're talking about uh, my first cup of specialty coffee was uh, Best of Panama that year. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I, I, we can we can go all the way up to that level of quality. It's just hard to make that jump in the area when uh, people wouldn't understand the cost of a cup of coffee like that. Um, they wouldn't they wouldn't know what to do with that. So uh, so really, if I'm training people and they're um, and they're doing their own thing uh, mm-hmm. in the area, um, that's that's no sweat off of my back. Um, it's 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 nice because of that. But 
uh, and, and it's also nice to think flowery about uh, community over competition. Um, but at the same time, we have to be realistic that some people are going to take advantage. Uh, so it just really depends on uh, who you want to work with and, uh, and, and whether or not you want to spend the time with them and teach them what you got. Definitely. But you can see that uh, in this attitude, we kind of show the difference of age between me and you and also that fact True. that I'm, I'm European. Yeah. And, you know, we are most, much more secretive. I don't think I'm secretive, you know. There's, <laughs> no, but, I look, don't think so. It, it also depends how you approach a person. Yeah. If you go to uh, somebody and say, I want this, I'm yeah. sorry, uh, good luck with that, you know. Sure, yeah. So there are other people who approach me differently, you know. They were interested. I mean, first of all, they were customers of Green Plantation. That always gives mm -hmm. you a big credit, you know. Sure. And they said, look, we want to do this. Can you help us? And I thought, yeah, let's talk about it, you know. And, and that worked, you know. So... It, it really depends. But, you know, what's, what's, what's actually funny about this is also this podcast shows that European versus United States attitude. Yes. Like, dude, yeah. I'm trying so hard to get European guests here because I think European perspective can be awesome. I uh -huh. wrote to big companies, European, not big, but like big in the third wave, not third wave coffee, specialty coffee, uh, small ones. Dude, I don't get any feedback. It's oh. harder and harder to find people for this podcast because it, this is not about bragging about your coffee. It's about telling your secrets, really, you know, telling yeah. tips to other yeah. people. And the United States is much more generous in this, which, you know, I'm surprised because Europe is always a little bit bragging about the fact that, oh, we are more social, we are more community-oriented. Well, yes, when it comes to politics and maybe healthcare and stuff like that, education, but when it comes to sharing know-how, it's opposite which is super weird to me you know it's surprising that's true that's true i it, what one one attitude uh, more about this is that i um i'm not really worried about uh people recreating what i'm doing um and now i can teach somebody uh exactly how i do stuff and they're not going to be re able to recreate it and that might sound conceited but it's it's not because Uh, individual coffees and individual coffee roasters and roasting machines and all of these things have to play into our product, right? And so if I'm teaching somebody how to make our product, um, then they're going to have a little bit of a different result every time. So my goal is usually to teach people how to handle coffee, period, mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, just to, um, you know, make it make it delicious like really really the point is uh, uh to understand what you're working with and if you do understand that one you could be safer with it and two you can actually be a, a part of a good thing um uh, i try to get people to uh to go with um importers that i know with uh with direct trade agreements with uh with people that i know and and um that way uh You can you can kind of give people a little bit of knowledge so that they can go in a more positive direction for the for the industry itself. Um, so if I can if I could be a positive light, that's all that's all I want to do. And I'm not afraid of people roasting the Columbia coffee like I roast the Columbia coffee. If you like. No, totally. You know, I totally agree with you on this. Uh, and many times, you know, when we got customers to their coffeecourses.com, their online education, many mm -hmm. times they expect that we give you a recipe book. We, right. we don't. I mean, I mean, it's not possible. I would, I would yeah. deceive you. I would be lying to you. I would be a yeah. a hole if I give you a recipe book. You know, we have I some totally gross agree. profiles you can follow, but first of all, it's you know, even if you consider this as a recipe book, it's stupid because what happens is that 
you will line up with many other companies. You have to develop your own style. And then mm-hmm. we, of course, have the ro- different roasters, different environments. I mean, you should know how to handle coffee. You should know the roasting theory. And then you should make your own ways and which suits your taste palette so you can stand by that coffee what you sell. And also yeah. to your customers, obviously. So I totally agree with you, Matt, man. It's like sometimes we are expecting the silver bullet, but it's not that easy, you know. If it would be that easy, then everybody can do it, you know. Speaking of training, uh, yeah. you guys are Coffee Pro subscribers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we actually filmed uh, the barista unit together. Yeah. It was kind of fun. That's how we started to work together. And you knew it. So why did you decide to get into Coffee Pro again? Look, Valerian, I'm, I'm a human being. I have a human brain and I cannot hold on to every aspect of all of the things that I've taught. And so I need a resource to be able to go back them to. Um, and it's, it's been really awesome to go back into Coffee Pro because it's taking me back to the classes that I was teaching uh, five, six years ago and, uh, and giving me access to some of those ideas, which I've developed from. Uh, but, uh, looking back on all of the training materials that we were using back then is incredibly beneficial because not only am I inspired to try different things based on some of the uh, stuff that we're training on that I I wouldn't know. Um, I'm also, uh, inspired to teach these things yet again. So it's, it's a lot of fun to, uh, uh, to watch the videos to listen to Willem explaining a lot of these things, um, uh, and uh, to watch the old uh, barista videos with Devora, like uh, uh, they're just they're great. Uh, so I, I uh, jumped into the grinding section most heavily lately, and uh, that's been really informative for me because uh, I've been thinking about so many different aspects. And 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 like like music, uh, you think about a uh, a mixing board, right? So you can bring up the highs, you could bring up the mids, you could bring up the lows, the bass, and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, in that, uh, uh, you can change all of these variables you know, by using a grinder in a particular way or using an espresso machine in a particular way. You can uh, bring up the highs and the, uh, the acidity of the coffee. You can bring up the lows and the, uh, and the lower notes or the uh, mouthfeel of the coffee by treating it differently and treating it differently in the grinder even. Every single phase that the coffee passes through is covered in Coffee Pro. And everything, every single phase that the coffee uh, passes through to get to a customer um, will change that coffee for the better or for the worse. So to know how to control it um, and to have that information readily accessible uh, is, is uh, absolutely beneficial to this company. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, yeah. I'll hire you as a sales guy. <laughs> oh, please do. I, you know, I could use all the income sources that I can take uh, because I run a coffee company. <laughs> right is, is, is there something you didn't like uh because you know this this was very generous of you to uh speak so nicely about coffee pro but you know was there something where we were not you were not a big fan of oh of, of, from from coffee pro yeah, yeah. And oh well you know um see that, that that's hard that's hard to put me on the spot like that but uh to think about it uh the only thing that i was missing was being in person um 
you know, the in-person training with, uh, uh, with boot was great. And, uh, that's the only thing I really missed from it was, um, the cheese plates that they had there <laughs> and then, you know, things of that sort, like your bread and, and, and things of that sort. So, uh, so uh, you, look, it's, it's an online platform and you're going to get what you get out of it. And you don't have other people sitting around with you learning to bounce the ideas off of unless you want to. And, uh, you could go through the, the classes with them if you, uh, with other people, if you want to as well. So, uh, whatever drawback there is for online learning, like um, uh, just the fact that there, that resource is there and that you can go back into it uh, makes up for any of those uh, any of those things that, you know, might be negative. You know, for me as Eastern European, I was uh, recently kind of like doing a cataloging it because we just re- relaunched their version 3.0, which is much nicer environment and stuff like that. So I was kind of cataloging the courses and there are some videos we have to, you know, still upload because they're, they're not up- uploaded. And I realized, you know, did you ever add it up in your head, just like looking at it? What's the value of these courses if you go uh, and take them live? Oh, geez. Okay, so, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So you're thinking, you know, like a coffee training course, like an individual one-on-one coffee training course for two days is going to cost you about 15 grand or no, no, $1,500, 15 grand, no way, $1,500. And so uh, um, if you're paying 1500 bucks for two days of one-on-one, um, instead, like uh, you can go online and learn a lot of that, a lot more than that. Um, uh, what you're going to be able to get in two days for a, a much cheaper price. So there's a lot of value there. Um, I, I feel, especially for you know, like not everybody. Can, for, for, first of all, nowadays nobody can really go and take a course, right? Because well, not right now, yeah. But but yeah. even then, like you know, I I can imagine there's a lot of companies, especially like in uh, poorer countries, they cannot mm-hmm. afford. To come to California or come to the closest training center to pay for the course, right. the lodging, and everything, and you end up paying like three, four thousand only for one, just being mm-hmm. their person, and you can get all these for like you know what is it four ninety nine right now? So it's you know that's why we started it. I think that was a you know uh, my goal that we can talk to the people who just cannot afford that uh, yeah. money, and also like dude, I'm old, I forget things like you know. I forgot the, the first podcast which I recorded like recently. Somebody reminded me. I was like, "What? I did that?" He said, "Yeah, you did." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so you know, so it's it's kind of cool uh, to uh, remind yourself, and you can go back to the content anytime you want. And enough of this pitching and doing coffee pro. So anyhow, thank uh-huh. you, thank you very much for the kind words. Let's continue with the sequential, so we don't sound like sales guys. Oh, uh, sure, sure, what we are. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm selling sequential. You're selling Coffee Pro. I'm selling Coffee Pro. You're selling sequential. That's what's up, baby. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> Come on, guys. You, you can cut you. that out if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have this one question which you got excited about because we had a previous conversation. And <clears throat> was there something uh, that you were pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised when you were mm. starting the sequential? <clears throat> well, uh this is being recorded in uh, the year 2020, and I don't know if anybody in the future is going to be listening to this and uh, will have a chuckle, uh, but uh, there was an un- unpleasant surprise this year, and uh, uh, that was we were, we were to be opening our outdoor cafe in March um, at a very popular uh, uh, place in, in Jacksonville, uh, the Markets of Town Center, and uh, there's a lot of walking that people do, a lot of shopping that people do out there. Well, uh, um, COVID-19 happened and, uh, uh, that 
changed the whole plan. Uh, it, it set everything back by three months, um, ate up a lot of our fundage. We had to be really creative in the ways that we were going to uh, bring in any sort of investment. Um, we have some uh, r really wonderful people who have, uh, who have backed us and helped us out through this. Um, and uh, and that's it. it's just been very difficult to, to get started. But after three months of, uh, of COVID, we were able to launch, uh, which is really nice. And we were able to open up our kiosk, uh, Walk Up Outdoor Cafe, um, which is pretty lucky that that was already our plan before COVID. So that's pleasant. Uh, the fact that uh, we were able to open up an outdoor cafe, it's unpleasant that, that we had to wait three months because of a global pandemic, which we were not, we were not prepared for that. Um, I don't think anybody really was, though. But there is a, <laughs> nobody, really, nobody was ready for that. But there's a lesson here, right? I mean, yeah. there's always opportunities. Yeah. And opportunities come the strongest when the economy is weakest or people are confused and yeah. kind of like, like trying to protect their environment and they don't do any moves. And that's when you, a good entrepreneur, can do a move. It always reminds me of times after communism in Czechoslovakia, you know, those 90s, if you bought any real estate then, you bought, we were buying it for peanuts. Today, right. yeah. it'll be like, like multiplied by 1,000 or 10,000, depends where the place is, you know. You could mm -hmm. buy anything for peanuts. People didn't have money, A, you know, and B, all those opportunities. Also, people started the first companies. You could be yeah. a total, you know, uh, business idiot. You would still score because there were no other companies and you could learn a job. So there were all these opportunities in the 90s. That always gives me this kind of like, when the economy is down anywhere, it's your time. If you have money and you want to buy real estate, go for it. If you want to start a company, go for it. Because a lot of companies will go out of business, unfortunately. And it's the place for you. I mean, a good yeah. example here is the Pink Owl Cafe. I mean, they also opened in February and they were hit right away. They went right away into COVID and they actually have a store. But they were super creative. They were hustling and they were, quotation mark, lucky because the Pete's nearby them, you know, Starbucks, I'm not sure, one of these, you know, giants uh, decided that they would close the store. So everybody mm -hmm. from that store, they went to their store. Mm -hmm. And with all the social distancing and, you know, they, they had all these special seatings outside, they kind of figured it out and they did okay. They did okay. Smart guys, smart, smart people um, are going to get through a hard time. It just, it just happens. Like uh, people that have hustle, people have, uh, that have the attitude for it, uh, who aren't ready to lay down and, and, and take the apocalypse. Um, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to do what we need to do to uh, get things done because um, you know, the government, your government's not going to help you. Like, no. uh, the government's not going to help a small business succeed uh, in this environment. So what we need to do is we need uh, to surround ourselves with people that are smarter than we are. We and need creative. To, uh, Here you and really creative. need creativity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so if you show any hustle um, in a bad set of circumstances, uh, that is a little bit inspirational to people. And what I'm really enjoying seeing is that um, uh, as we succeed, as we uh, roll out things that are COVID safe, and as we roll out different initiatives, um, uh, people are being very responsive to that. And they're seeing us do something in the midst of a hard time. And that's inspiring other people to take the risk too. And that's important to me is that um, people are able to 
uh, follow like a, a little bit of a path that's been carved through this uh, through this problematic time. We were very lucky that our cafe was already planned on being outside and having a walk up outdoor cafe in summertime during a pandemic sounds insane in Florida um, or anywhere for that matter. But what it's done is it's created a space for people to feel safe as they walk up and they can get their coffee and then just walk right off without having to go inside. And, um, and so we're going to re replicate that. Uh, we would love for other people to do that too, because the safer that everybody is while they're enjoying their coffee, the better off we all are. Okay. Tell us more about your, uh, place. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm more curious about the setup. How much did it cost you to, uh, create sure. that place? What are your financials right now? Uh, is it profitable and how many customers you get and well, everything uh, we want to know everything. A, I'm going to give you as much as I can, but, uh, um, it's really, uh, it's really interesting Valerian. Like, uh, um, it was a nominal investment and in equipment primarily that we did. Uh, we worked out a deal with, uh, uh, with the people over at markets of town center and they want, uh, somebody local. Uh, to represent, uh, they want to be able to give a space for that and uh, to, uh, for us to be able to build our way up uh, in, at that little spot of real estate that they gave us. So it's a little kiosk. It's like one of those kiosks that you would see people selling t-shirts from at the mall or something like this. And we kitted it out as an entire barista uh, side of the cafe. On the other side of the uh, kiosk, it looks like a miniature uh, cafe. It's, it's a specialty coffee cafe. You got a La Marzocco on it. You got, um, uh, other, other really high end brewing equipment. Um, you've got really, really beautiful coffee bags and, and everything's bright and, uh, it just grabs people off of the sidewalk and, and I will ask for pictures over. for the, um, yeah, yeah, I will absolutely, cool. uh, give you some pictures for, for the site so that people can see this. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's rather interesting. It's, it's small, but it's effective. And so, um, through COVID, we have yet to become profitable on that, uh, we, but but it's it's peaking into that. Uh, we're uh, we don't have as much foot traffic as we would have had, you know. So um, uh, the the landowners have been working with us, and uh, they want us to stay there, and we want to stay there. So uh, it's all about negotiation. It's not necessarily about buying a place and getting into it. It's not necessarily about any of that. It's about talking to other uh, business owners or landowners in town and seeing if you can figure out a deal. You got to look for angles in the coffee industry because if you, if you just go like uh, blindly into it and say, I'm going to buy this place and I'm going to make it into a cafe. Um, you, you may be putting all your, uh, all your eggs in one basket there. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've uh, taken any investment money that, the, uh, that, that we could and put it into kitting out the cafe, the, the uh, kiosk, um, with the best equipment that we can so that we could provide the best coffee experience. Um, we're talking, you know, like a, a $10,000, $15,000 investment um, in, the, in the kiosk itself, which is really nominal. And that gives, that gives us the ability and the mobility to do another project. So we're working on currently a, uh, a mobile unit. So we're going to have a trailer that's going to go around town and, uh, and, and provide coffee to different sides of town, different uh, events and things of that sort. Uh, just like uh, the, the kiosk, it's going to be a walk-up safe kind of thing to do during COVID. And it's also going to translate really well to after COVID, after, after this 
apocalypse is over, there's going to be people walking around wanting coffee. They're going to want a cold drink on a hot day. And so we, we got that on lock. So it's really about negotiation. It's about finding angles. And uh, it's about um, making sure that you can stick to it, even if you're not being profitable in the first months. If you're able to get through the first months and you're able to uh, get a customer base, it's only going to grow from there. So are you profitable now? Um, we are uh, uh, we are just about to break even, uh, which is which is really really incredible to be able to pull that off in the middle of summer and uh, pandemic. So um, uh, this is this is only a few months in. Uh, I think we've been open at the kiosk for about three months now, uh, maybe three and a half. And uh, and so breaking even around this time is uh, I, I feel very very uh, benefited by that um, and. Uh, and what that's going to do is it's going to put an investment into that area, uh, which will pay off uh, after COVID, especially to like even just in the uh, winter time here. It's going to be fantastic as people are doing holiday shopping and things of that sort. So if you can if you can have a, a business that um, can run off of breaking even for a little while, that's wonderful. If you can uh, if you can peek into a little bit of profit, uh, that, that that's huge. That's massive. It's just all about. Um, uh, where you get your money from. So we're doing online sales, which is helping us a great deal. That's uh, keeping us uh, on the roasting side, um, breaking even, if not profiting just a, a tiny bit. Um, and, uh, and the first little profits that you see, um, they, they may be small, but uh, that's going to grow. If you're seeing profits uh, within the first quarter or the first uh, half of the year, um, the first two quarters, you're going to uh, you're going to do something good. It's just a great sign. So, uh, what kind of yeah. platform do you use for uh, your online store? We use Shopify, um, and uh, it seems really user friendly for people who um, uh, don't necessarily build their own websites and such. So, Shopify helps because we use that for both uh, our uh, POS system at the at the kiosk as well as our online sales. So we can track everything in the same space and, and it makes it easy for us. I know there's a bunch of platforms around like that. And uh, I suggest to have somebody else to be able to do the backend management like that. Like uh, having Shopify is very helpful for reports and, and different things of that sort. Mm -hmm. You know, I use uh, WooCommerce and I know it's a bit, you know, WooCommerce and WordPress combination. And, you know, I know it's a bit more complex, mm -hmm. uh, but if you're right, if, if somebody does not mind the Shopify, uh, cost yeah and want something super easy shopify is a good choice uh, i would say that after woocommerce and wordpress that would be my second choice so cool yeah would yeah you... i mean the, really the point of that valerian is that i want to roast coffee i don't want to play on the computer i understand you know? yeah yeah <laughs> no 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 you're right yeah. although there are some great games but that's a different topic and different oh, podcast totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you mentioned that you know you have the kiosk you have the online store which other sales channels work for you and you are happy with them and we are there any which you go like eh, you're not sure yet well um you know uh getting into grocery stores we've had a conversation about this prior to this but uh, uh getting into grocery stores is hairy um it's something that we are going to do um and it's also something that is risky um it's it's all about getting your name out there and so what you have to do what we have to do now that we're in a grocery store up in Grand Rapids, the Rapids, Michigan, is uh, we have to back that up with marketing. 
and uh, I'm really lucky to be in in, um, in a business with with my best bud John Shepard, who happens to be a producer and a director. And he made uh, uh, we made uh, recently a, a, a music video for that salsa band I was talking about, LPT, uh, which is really close to a million views at this point. So uh, having that uh, is a huge benefit because now we can make commercials and uh, sell coffee elsewhere. And I, I think that's going to be good. But um, the profits that you get from that aren't that high. And uh, what, what you would have to do to make profits off of selling at grocery stores is, one, have a product that people are going to just peel off the shelves. So it's got to look really, really good. It, and you have to have marketing to back it up. And you're going to make less of a margin on that. But the payoff from it is if you're able to do that, then that's uh, that word of mouth that's that advertising that you couldn't get elsewhere. Like you'd have to pay for billboards to get that kind of advertising to get your name out there. Uh, uh, so uh, it's not it, that, that's not my favorite, uh, but it's something that we're uh, we're dipping our toes in, and, we're, and by dipping our toes in, we're uh, going in wholehearted, and we're gonna make some really crazy commercials for and uh, and see what we can do with it. Um, but. Uh, but it's not going to be the most profitable. It's just going to pay off in, in other kinds of dividends. You know, I'm not a big fan of grocery stores, but there are certain benefits. Like right now, like a few weeks ago, I just we just reeked some of them. And you actually mentioned that. So sometimes it happens that somebody buys your coffee in a grocery yeah. store, as you know, they just test it out, right? And they really like it. They really like your story. And they start to order directly from you. Mm-hmm. Especially in COVID times when we had a hard time to uh, fill the stores, there is one store which we actually love is the Berkeley Bowl in Berkeley, uh, oh, yeah. and they they ran out of our coffee and people started to order from a website, and we we're like, why did they order from Berkeley? What happened? Oh, we ran out of coffee there, and some people stayed. You know, some people stayed on a website and start keep ordering it. I have a neighbor here who said, I did not know you are my neighbor. I want to buy directly from you rather than going to the grocery store. So yeah. I mean, grocery store definitely works as your advertising, but yeah, I expect the low margins and uh, some grocery stores are just a-holes. Like they are just like there to uh, take your left kidney and Mm -hmm. you have to pay for it. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. I, I, I never want to be in a situation like that, Valerian. Yeah, and that's not broken. Well, I mean, we don't have. After, I have to say, we, we don't have this, a grocery store me. like that. Yeah, after after uh, after we uh, record this, tell me who these people are, so I don't have to work with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were there was like uh, I can tell it because the grocery store doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. it was bought by Safeway. It was Andronicos. You know, mm. we had this conversation that, yeah. that was super weird. Uh, so we were pitching our coffee, and the guy was super friendly. It was great. You know, we were killing it and there was a great vibe he was excited and then he gave me a question which i was like what so he asked us do you do free refills i'm like free refills what do you mean well most of the companies bring us a you know a a case of product we sell it and after every third case they give us a free refill i was like i'm making here two dollars a bag of coffee so if i give you a free refill i'll basically do zero i would be even why would i do that Right, you know, and the guys like because everybody else is doing that. I said, "Well, thank you so much, goodbye," and <laughs> uh, we left. And he was still interested, by the way. But next day they were sold to Safeway. The guy ah. did next day, man. The guy did not know it. 
<laughs> so, said, so I'm sorry, you know, it's such a surprise for all of us, but you know, the deal is off and you have to pitch with Safeway. I said, nah, that's cool. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, um, a uh, little story that happened at the beginning of our, our coffee sales. So we're start, trying to get into uh, some stores and, uh, and there was a, a chain, a national chain um, that we're trying to get into. We had a, a friend who was actually uh, the specialty buyer for this chain. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything specific right now, but, uh, they went under right at the beginning of COVID and we were just about to get into like four or five stores, like right off the bat. And, uh, and, and COVID hit and then, uh, that just, they sold the company or no, the company closed. It was, uh, it was a similar company to whole foods. Um, and, uh, and they closed all of their stores all over the entire country, uh, um, and just went out of business. And we got an email from a friend saying, hey, uh, do you happen to know any other stores that I might be able to apply to? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, so, uh, so our friend, uh, we're, we're going to be working with, with them on another project. Um, uh, but at the same time, it was just kind of silly. Like, uh, these, these stores just, they, they don't communicate very well. And uh, you really have to push that. You have to want to be in there to be in there. Yeah, and somebody mentioned that, you know, uh, the reward will be also regarding how much energy you put in. If you are a person who likes to do demos, yeah. I mean, you have to do demos there and you will be, you will do okay, you know. So, mm -hmm. again, for me, those are low margins and, you know, I just, I'm just too tired to work hard. Uh, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I hear you. <laughs> I'm kidding. With two companies, you know, on two continents, with the podcast, know, right? with online education and with all the other stuff, boy. I'm like, you're busy. You're a busy um, guy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I would love if I would have one weekend where I can spend the time with my family or just playing some crazy video game, which is going to happen one of these eventually. Things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, we we had talked about this in private, but like, uh, I know COVID took away your vacation to Europe, and I, I'm really looking forward to when you're able to go over there and enjoy yourself because uh, that's that that's just such a shame that you weren't able to take a vacation and you do work really hard, man. And like, um, don't, don't sell yourself as somebody who's too old or too tired for this. Cause man, you're, you kick some ass, you kick some serious ass. Oh, thank you. Keep talking. But you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I really missed Europe. I have to say this was a big, yeah. big, uh, for me, you know, some of my businesses were not doing very well through the COVID. Some of them were okay. Some were doing great, yeah. but the biggest hit in the stomach was that I could not go back. I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see my family. That hurts so much. And it's with me every freaking day. It, it, it's, it, I, it's very hard to explain, but that's yeah. just horrible, man. That's the worst thing what can happen. And yeah. I don't even know when I can go. You know, that's the sad thing. I mean, yeah. I want to keep my friends and family safe. So I, you know, I mean, theoretically, I can hop on a plane and go because I'm a European citizen, you know, so I'm mm -hmm. a, still a Slovak citizen and I can just go. And, but you know, I would definitely keep the two weeks quarantine and I don't know if I don't risk my friends and I just, I just want to go through that, you know, so when it's, when it's time, you'll be there. And I guarantee you, I'm looking into my, uh, um, my fortune telling ball right now. Um, uh, you're going to work really hard until you do it. So, uh, it's just, I, I can see the future here, Valeria, you, you'll, you'll get there. And so will I, and, uh, I can't wait to go back, but I know that that's where your heart is and that's where your friends and family are. And. Uh, so I really hope that that happens for you. Well, that said, I love United States. So, you know, I just oh, wanted to go for a few months home to check out. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know where home is. 
Anyways, I want to pick your brain because okay. there's very smart things there. And, you know, I want you to uh, give us maybe three or less or more tips for people who want to start a coffee roastery or a cafe. You know, what would be the things which you go like, hey, guys, think about it. Right. Uh, and, and like th there's so many dynamics to starting a roasting company, for instance, and or a cafe. Um, but one of the most important things is to check your attitude. You can't go into this being an a-hole. Um, if, if you do, you're not going to meet the right people. Uh, the, the, the whole point about this is not to in glorify oneself. This is about building a business that's going to be good for the community that's, uh, that, that you're part of. So one, you have to be a part of that community and you have to be kind and And that gets people so much further than being cutthroat. So, yeah, you just got to be kind. It's, that's what it's all about. And then um, another thing, uh, when you're starting a, a roasting company, um, if you don't have business sense and you just want to roast coffee, then get yourself a John Shepard. Because uh, like uh, my, my, uh, uh, my friend John Shepard here, uh, who co-owns Sequential Coffee with me, Um, he's got, he fills in all the gaps that I, I can't. So you have to surround yourself with the right people. You have to have people that have business sense that, um, aren't afraid of taking out loans or, um, uh, anything of that sort. And, uh, and you got to be able to sell yourself. Like, uh, if you, if you can't sell yourself, if you can't, uh, get out there and say, you know, I'm doing this right, uh, without feeling conceited, then, uh, then you're doing the wrong thing. So, um, If you want to be a barista, that's cool. Go go get a job as a barista. If you want to be a coffee uh, cafe owner, right, like or a coffee roasting facility owner, uh, you're going to have to be a barista then too. You're going to have to get down and, and dirty with it. Um, you're going to have employees that call out, and so you're going to have to go do it yourself. Um, a lot of the work that we do, uh, most of the, uh, the coffee production, I'm doing myself. I'm not sitting there in meetings all of the time. Uh, I'm actually at the steel table, and right after this, uh, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be bagging coffee right after we stop talking. Uh, so, so there's a big DIY attitude you have to have. Uh, that's one. Uh, two, you have to be nice, and you have to be open to help from others. Um, these are these are the most important things um, outside of having. Uh, some really good coffee knowledge, which uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you can get through Coffee Pro, for you know, sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're a good salesman. Let's talk after the podcast. You give me an idea for a question. There is very few uh, professions within the coffee industry actually can make a living. I mean, what I mean is feed your family and pay your health insurance, save up for your retirement, etc. Et Do you know any positions in the coffee industry where you actually can do that? Well, um, currently I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm single guy. So, uh, off of, uh, what I'm making from, uh, from our venture, I'm able to afford an apartment <laughs> and, and to pay my bills, but, um, that's not enough yet. And, uh, and so really, um, if you want a position as opposed to, you want to create a business, um, uh, working in coffee trade, is uh is is really viable like uh working in uh import um export uh that that's a really good uh way to get into the coffee industry 
um, businesses like Royal or like uh, Cafe Imports offer really nice positions for um, people that have different backgrounds even. like. Uh, but um, being a barista, um, you have to hustle really, really, really hard to make a good living in that. Um, that got me thinking uh, about a new model. Now, um, uh, being a business owner myself, what I'd like to do is to be able to provide my team with a, with a living wage. That's the goal. And uh, uh, to be able to provide myself and to my team a living wage. So um, finding new companies that are trying to push that boundary um, and uh, uh, finding a company that's willing to pay more for um, for your efforts is uh, is very difficult, but it's possible. And uh, and so, uh, as a barista or as somebody who's in training for roasting, um, uh, those companies are out there. Small specialty coffee companies. Um, uh, I know that there are some jobs that have been offered on uh, on Sprudge, um, and uh, you can you can check out on there for uh, for any open positions. But uh, a lot of this is create your own. Uh, lifestyle, and you have to uh, kind of be uh, extra creative so that you can bring in multiple um, uh, avenues of income. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, being a being a barista is not necessarily uh, viable uh, for uh, supporting a family, unless you're touring and you're uh, you're uh, running your own show and uh, you have your own business as that barista. Um, uh, but coffee does have a lot of different opportunities, and uh, it, it's really about building those opportunities for yourself. And 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 to do that, first off, you just have to have a basis of knowledge. Yeah, but um, you know, everybody yeah. everybody is thinking about, you know, <clears throat> coffee equals barista, coffee equals coffee right. roaster. You know, so right. uh, I, I I was thinking about it because I you know I remember I loved the barista job, you know, I fall mm-hmm. in love with that long time ago. I, I don't want to be barista anymore. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I kind of fall out of that world because I fall in love with it. You know, like a, I much more appreciate the coffee evaluation and, you know, learning yeah. the coffee stories, the varieties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I know that when I was thinking about this, like I would not be able to make enough living to support right. my family. There's no freaking way. And it's kind of sad. And, you know, I know in Bay Area companies like Equator Coffee, I know they are super generous to pay their baristas, but it's still, it's it's a very good barista salary, but it's still a barista salary which would not make you a living. Right, um, right. Which is kind um, of kind of sad, I, I would say. But I understand why. I'm just kind of like, not well, the, uh, in philosophy the, levels, right? In, in that, you know, you think about um, the income disparity of... Uh, um, of coffee producers and uh, coffee farm workers and things of that sort. And uh, all of those things are going to need to change for this industry to survive. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so, so uh, basically uh, uh, being as creative as possible is the only way that you're going to be able to get through uh, living on a barista wage, because I know baristas who have uh, taken jobs as trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know baristas uh, create like a, um, uh, YouTube content. Right. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of different ways of getting it out there, getting the word out there, getting your name out there. And so, um, if you're just going to apply yourself at the uh, cafe and and just be a barista, then you have to budget for it <laughs> because it's, right. it's going to be kind of tough. But um, but if if you can if you can hustle and you can get out there uh, a little bit more and do some competition, sell yourself. You know, like uh, these are these are different ways. 
of making money in that. But uh, a lot of baristas that I know, um, like Equator, for instance, uh, they hire from within uh, from their baristas and they, mm-hmm. they put them in positions of like a, of a wholesale uh, management or, um, you know, managing part of the roastery or um, different things of that sort. You can you can go up in a company to um, uh, to be a coffee buyer or uh, things of that sort, which are uh, they, they they do provide adult money at that point. And so I kind of find uh, barista to be a really great introductory point for people to get a career in specialty coffee. It's just not going to uh, uh, get all the meat and potatoes that you want uh, from the get go. Right. You know, it's it's really more of an investment in yourself as opposed to an investment financially. Um, uh, taking a job like that, as long as you're willing to go the extra mile after you have that knowledge in hand. So if you are a barista, you want to be a barista and you start the coffee industry, mm-hmm. our three tips are A, become a social media influencer with your barista skills. Yep. Obviously, you have to have the looks and the wits of being one. Mm-hmm. Two, grow with, find a company which you can grow within. And I think mm-hmm. that's a super tip because uh, some of the companies are super fun to work for they are kind of uh, having certain missions and if you align with them Mm -hmm. uh, that just kind of like feels great to being in a good place and a third one uh, you grow and you become a trainer and or some kind of advisor for let's say other coffee businesses and you know the skies is is the limit from there you basically become an entrepreneur i was thinking about this Mm -hmm. because i you know i got this question once uh, from a friend of mine i was like yeah you know there are certain paths but and you nailed it by the way but it's it's not like you you become a barista and you will earn um fair wage well it is fair i'm not saying it's not fair i'm just trying to say a wage which you can you how did you call it you call it the adult salary i like like that yeah yeah, yeah adult that, money yeah adult absolutely. Money. Right, right. <laughs> all right uh we are getting into the end of this uh podcast and usually i have two questions at the end one do you have a question for me um uh yes actually uh so uh, i know a little bit about you and i know your interests and um i know that you like to get into a new thing every year like uh whether it be wine or cheese or bread making or anything like that so what are you going to do in 2021 I'm going to become a barista. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's no money in that. <laughs> no, 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 none of these things which I do every year, which I learn a yeah. new skill, has money in it. I did not decide. I think that this year really kind of like uh, kicked me in a in butt and punched me in a stomach. So I did not uh, think of anything. I mean, there are few paths. Maybe one is sausages. Oh. Uh, one thing which I would love to learn, but it's not really possible in California, is uh, like a real American barbecue. Different schools, you know, mm. the Texas, the Louisiana, and all all these other American schools of barbecue and smoking. But in oh. California, we have so many spare the air days that right. that's kind of like... And half of my family is vegetarian, so, you know, it would yeah. be me and my son eating a lot of meat. There's a uh, there's a lot of opportunity to do barbecue here in Florida. So if you ever want to do a little vacation trip, I can show you how to smoke a chicken. No, that would be awesome. And you know, one yeah. other thing that I want to really do, um, I want to kind of go back and learn a bit more about photography, which I love. 
Oh yeah. I always was doing it, and then I kind of turned, no, started to do video because of the uh, coffee courses mm -hmm. and other stuff I was doing for boot coffee. And I like to do videos. That's cool. But I, what I really love is photography. And for photography, you need to have kind of like your 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 mind have to be there. You know, you have to think about things like you would uh, take a picture. You have to think about it as a photographer, which I miss. You know, kind of kind of abandoned it in 2012, maybe. So I wanna, no, it's time to pick it back up. Man. Sorry, it's time to pick it back up because you have a great eye. Oh. Like uh, and, uh, and and in that, what what I'd like for you to do is, if possible, uh, add a link to uh, uh, to this podcast for one of your earlier videos that are really funny because you used to do like uh, uh, in, in in your uh, native language um, some very funny videos like uh, <laughs> uh, and like uh, whether it be cooking or. Um, or some coffee stuff because uh, those those crack me up, man. And, you know what? And not only do you have a good eye, but you have a great sense of humor. So I'll lean into it. <laughs> Thank you, man. I mean, oh wow! I mean, this podcast is great. It really lifts my spirits up. But you know, <laughs> we leave them in a past, or we leave them to people to find it themselves. Ah, you know, good, those are good. those are. I mean, those are super maturish. But as you said, they have a lot of soul. We yeah. just we just had a podcast before you, and we talked about it. And talked about that they made videos, they made very nice production videos, and there is one which is very amateurish, almost mm -hmm. like childish, and mm -hmm. I loved it because there is authenticity in it. I feel that they had fun making yeah. it. I feel that the guys are real, and I just love stuff like that. You know, I if you're if you're if you're able to put away the embarrassment, then you're able to make some really great art. I figure that um, things that make people laugh, things that bring joy, you know, th those are. Those are way more important, I feel like, uh, most of the time than uh, uh, portraying oneself as, as a, a really great business person or whatever. If you can make people laugh and do it, you know, I, I, I think that that's one of the biggest joys in life is just to take a second and not take things too seriously and uh, just lean into the, the funny. Totally, you know? totally. All right. My last question to you uh, is... The typical 10K question. I love this mm -hmm. question because it reveals uh, your thinking a lot. So if I would give you $10,000 today, what kind of coffee business would you start? So when you give me $10,000 after this show, I'm going to invest it directly into, um, let's see, there's there's a number of things. I, 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 I've been trying not to be crass. So uh, <laughs> so I think the, the best thing to do right now would be to follow a trend. And one of those trends is seltzer. Um, I know there's uh, uh, a lot of different seltzer alcohol drinks out there that people are getting uh, onto, especially with heat. Um, and uh, so having a good coffee seltzer that I could can myself, I think that I would put the, uh, the money into equipment that would make me able to do that and some R&D that would make me able to make a, a sparkling coffee um, in a can kind of product. Nice. I think that's pretty viable for ten thousand dollars. Yeah. So I'll be waiting uh, for that check to come in, um, so that we can get started on that project. <laughs> there was a big if. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. In the front of the sentence, and keep waiting, dude. Keep waiting. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe every year, uh, uh, starting next year, you can uh, you can ask that question, and and then uh, you can apply that ten thousand dollars to the best uh, idea. Hmm. that's a way for you to make some money, man. 
Yeah, sure. But first, I have to make enough so I can say I have ten thousand. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That well, reminds me, there's that. a donate button on the website. You know, it's there for like the fifth episode, and I never mentioned it. So if, oh. if you guys want to donate some money, just send it. You know, I can well, buy hit, some wine from myself. Button. Hit that button, everybody, because we could use it. <laughs> i'm selfish man i'm keeping it for myself for uh the wine see this is the problem with me man i cannot even sell myself you know? all right valerian i got i i don't know if this might take us off track a little bit but if i gave you ten thousand dollars what would you do with it uh now like, i'm caught uh i don't know um i always said that i would idea what i would do with ten thousand dollars but if, if it's not coffee, well, first of all, I will not do a coffee business. I will do something no. else, okay? So yeah. i tell you one thing what I will do. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, a shepherd of wild yeast, you know, when I do bread and wine and all kinds mm-hmm. of fermentation. So, and I'm a big fan of uh, Neapolitan-style pizza, not American-style pizza, Neapolitan-style pizza. Ooh. Not because I'm European uh, Nazi or whatever, you know, or fanatic. Oh, no, you're, you're definitely not that. No. It's simply because I fall in love. I never liked pizza, but I went to Naples and I really liked their style of pizza. It's, you know, the breadier edges and kind of different vibe. So that's what I would do. I would do a little stand or ideally maybe like a cool, like, you know, Ford Bronco, you know, made Ooh. into a little pizzeria. Um, like a, like these... a stone oven in the back. So I have this awesome oven called Rockbox, which, you know, makes... Neapolitan pizza has, needs... Uh, 950 Fahrenheit to you know make the mm-hmm. pizza within one and a half minutes, and this right. rock box, it can achieve that. And I'm you know if you look at my Instagram, you'll find tons of like pizzas and stuff. So I, I use it all the time. So that's what I would do. I, you know this rock box is like I forgot 600 bucks, so I buy two of those, so it's 1200 bucks. Uh, well, the Bronco would be expensive, so let's just go with a stand. You know mm-hmm. a, a, like little stand tables, whatever. You know up to 500 bucks, you are set with that. Some nice fridge with natural wine, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, fridge plus the natural wines that would set you up to, you know, up to like 5K. You are ready to make awesome pizza. And then and- you just get all the supplies. Hey, you know, Valerian, you're making me really hungry with all this barbecue <laughs> and sausage and pizza talk. Well, I personally, um, uh, I've, I've had your bread. I've had, um, I've had your crepes. You make excellent crepes. Um, uh, I've had, uh, uh, your coffees, I've had, uh, m- many, many different, uh, things that you've done. I've not tried your wine yet, uh, unfortunately. So I, or I'm maybe quite... fortunately, who knows? Oh yeah, true, <laughs> true. But I'm looking forward to the year that you choose to get into pie making because I am a huge fan of pies and I bet you would blow that out of the water. man. You know, I, I did get ready for pie making one year. Oh. And I was all about it. I got uh, books and stuff, but then I decided not to do that because of the calories involved. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, no, that would be one of those years where you would have to take up sports and uh, and pie making. Right. So it's, it's in a, it's in a package, maybe one day, because I love how pie looks like. You know, I like the oh, looks God, very yeah. rustic and kind of fruit, very honest. What I like is the clean, honest, down to earth look. I don't like a frou frou. You know. Uh, cakes full of uh, cream and beautiful spray painted surfaces, whatever. I like yeah. the rustic stuff, man. I like the oh, real yeah. stuff. One of my favorite uh, pie makers out in California is our friend Devora, uh, Devora Freudiger. Like uh, uh, amazing pies I see on Instagram all the time uh, from from their garden. And 
um, it makes me very hungry, and uh, and I'm jealous of that pie making skill. I didn't see that at all. I have to check oh, it out. I stopped. I was I was just wondering what's happened with Deborah, and I was not seeing any of her posts. Well, I'll check it out. Uh, I was just you know I guess I didn't like enough, so they you know they kind of disappear from your uh, stream. Oh, or, from yeah. the feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. All right, man. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at sequential.coffee. That's www.sequential, S-E-Q-U-E-N-T-I-A-L.coffee. Um, and if you're in Jacksonville, you can find us at the Markets at Town Center at our kiosk right between West Marine and Nordstrom Rack. Um, and that's a, that's a fun little spot. And we're going to have more and more uh, to share. So... Um, I'll definitely keep in touch with you, but thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Uh, as I said, it's harder and harder to find people who wants to share their thoughts about their businesses because, you know, I really mm -hmm. go into the uh, real deal and some people just feel that maybe it's uh, a secret or something. I don't know. But, you know, right. as I say always, you guys who come to this podcast and share your wisdoms are really awesome. And thank you so much in the name of all the listeners. Have a well, awesome day and everybody <laughs> has an awesome day and talk to you soon.